In a world where young people are being bombarded with messages pressuring them into various vocations, it can often be difficult for them to discern God's will. So this begs the question, what is the environment where a young person who desires to know God's will can clearly hear that still small voice? I'm Ben Houck, here with my wife, Stacy, and we'd like to welcome you to this episode of This Is Family. Our conversation today is on pursuing purpose in families, and we're excited to be discussing this topic today. For sure, understanding the purpose that God has called us to can sometimes be difficult to discover, even as adults. But for young people especially, there are so many options and possibilities. Sometimes it can be confusing to really hone in on what God is asking them to do. Our guest today is an expert in helping young people zero in on their God-given purpose. His now famous saying that exposure breeds a burden has been the mantra for many who have chosen to fully walk in their calling. Brother Jim Sleva is here with us today, and he, of course, needs no introduction, but I'll just say this, and I'm going to give a little plug here. Go out today and get Brother William Turner's book, simply titled Sleva. It's available at the IBC online store. That's store.indianabible.college. And just go order your copy today, and you'll be so blessed to read about the life of this modern-day disciple and disciple-maker. Brother Sleva, welcome to This Is Family. Thanks for letting me be here. It's quite an honor. Thank yeah, you. happy to have you. Well, Brother Sleva, you've become known as a man who enables ministries and encourages callings, but you didn't just get there overnight no, by yourself. Sure not. Let's dive back into your own childhood. And um, could you maybe just tell us, as a young boy, what things did your parents do that made you feel that your future was unrestrained? Now, first of all, I have to say my, my parents, I think, worked hard to create an atmosphere that, uh, that was God-centered. So it was never a time like we were went to church and you're spiritual and then you go home and you're not. It's like everything you did was had that, uh, that flavor. So I think it was kind of a, something I was used to just to have a, the God-centered focus like about every decision we're going to make and stuff. Now, it wasn't over-religious. Like, we weren't kneeling down and praying 14 times a day and saying, you know, <laughs> Hail Mary. Just, it, was, it was a much, um, it was just a natural live flow. We follow God. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that atmosphere kind of set the stage quite a bit for uh, what was going on. Um, the other thing, too, I just would comment, uh, a little background to my mom. I remember on one occasion, this is when I'm in high, uh, man, I was probably in Bible school, probably. And... Um, had a motorcycle. I was getting ready to go on a trip. And um, my mom kind of has this, I'm packing my sickle up and getting ready to go. I was going to another state. I'll be going, I'll be leaving for a couple weeks. And she's looking out the back door at me with this perplexed look on my face. I knew that look meant like, uh-oh, something's not good here. Oh, <laughs> and I want to go on a trip. Don't ruin it, mom, you know, kind of feeling. Yeah. And so uh, she says to me, she says, uh, well, uh, she says, I don't feel something right about the trip. Mm. So I prayed. And she said, uh, I don't feel like saying, like, you can't go, but I just feel like something's really not quite right. Wow. Uh, and she says, and then, I never knew this before, she's telling me this. She says, you know, when you were a little baby, uh, I asked God, uh, let me please just have him for five years, mm-hmm. at least five years. And after that, if he's not going to serve God, you can take him. Wow. <laughs> I'm <Man>. like... <laughs> Wow, that's a big Whoa. prayer. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, but, you know, I, 
she was, her prayer was that, you know, I'd be used for God. And they never said, oh, you're going to be a preacher someday, or you're going to be this, you're going to be that. It was never made to become, I had to be something. It was like myself and them together, we were walking through what is God's purpose for my life and what are the things that I had. So anyway, just that understanding that, um, you know, this is a for real deal. It wasn't like about us, our mm-hmm. family. It's about like how we serve God. And if we're not, then we don't belong on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, whoa. Wow. Uh, the rest of that trip, just real quick, in case you're yeah, wondering. Yeah, sure, I do. Um, so I got on the sickle. I'm, I put on extra clothes because I feel like, okay, she usually <laughs> right about stuff. If I'm going to wreck. I don't want to get torqued too badly. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, somewhere it was uh, close to Crawfordsville, Indiana, or whatever else, um, I had a back tire blowout. Oh, wow. Uh, which caused me to dump the sickle. I was, you know, was rolling on pretty fast, and mm-hmm. I did get kind of slowed down before it actually dumped. I didn't get hurt at all. Um, chain mm-hmm. did get, my coat did get kind of caught up in the chain a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I uh, crawled out of it, so I, uh, of course, it was before the days of cell phones, so I walked in the nurse's house, and I said, can I borrow your phone? Yeah, wow. And I said, uh, hey, Mom, I know what that feeling was about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come that's, rescue me. that's amazing. Well, and you mentioned that your um, your environment in the home wasn't, mm-hmm. wasn't like ultra-spiritual or felt like mm-hmm. super starchy or stuffy, but that right. it was just normal. And there, there was one part in, in Brother Turner's book that I thought was really, like, mm-hmm. talked about that, and it was with your dad, where he talks about him watching... Um, televised football games, but not really because he was such a fan of football, but it was more because he was able to, um, to, you know, get just enough information about the game that he could then talk to people that he worked with, people in the neighborhood. And then that was like being someone that was, uh, approachable and that you could relate with, uh, with other people. And that, that really translated into your approach. I would say for sure that, you know, his, his desire was, I want to be able to communicate where they live at Mm -hmm. for starters. Yeah. Now I want to lead you to Jesus. You know, that may be totally different than where they're at. And I would say probably the same thing that is probably instilled within me that, um, uh, the principles of our house. So it wasn't like I've got rules and regulations Mm -hmm. as much as it was there's certain principles we live Mm -hmm. by. So one is my dad was always for the underdog. Mm-hmm. So if you had uh, difficulties, <laughs> struggles, it's like, hey, we're there to help you and let's, let's encourage you and kind of build awesome. that. Yeah. Um, and my mom, uh, I recall I had to be like five, six years old. We played in the alley all the time. Um, and so um, there was this kid who made me angry. I don't even recall why, but I thought, well, fine. I'll just go get my, I had a little toy howitzer and it shot little wood bullets, you know. And so I said, I'm going to get my little howitzer. I'm going to shoot him. So anyway, I, I stomped to the house and I'm like digging through everything. And mom says, what's, what's up? So I'm looking for my house or I'm going to shoot this kid. <laughs> she says, well, what? I said, well, he made me blah, 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 man or whatever. And she says, oh, no, no, no. He says, you need to be kind to your enemies. Here, here's some grapes. Why don't you give him some grapes? I go, and of course, being a little kid, like, oh, okay. So I went outside, hey, you want some grapes? <laughs> she tricked me. From um, the howitzer great. to the grapes. Yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of like she use every lesson in life to yeah. say, hey, how would Jesus react and to be kind and to reach out and to not react as our flesh would want to. Yeah. But um, it was kind of shaping the environment from just every little aspect of life. And yeah. I, I've seen that just, um, you know, you've had our three boys and you've taken them out on little adventures and things. And I know they've come home and said, you know, we were out, we were walking along and Brother Sleva had that sensitivity to mm-hmm. the Lord you know, telling us, be careful here. Something doesn't feel right. Just those things you're talking about and being kind to other people and the underdog and, you know. Yeah, we've seen that on display so many times. But at the same time, there was also a very strong ribbon of 
of prayer that was in your family. Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, I read some pretty incredible stories about that. So what did those family prayer meetings uh, do to shape you to, to become who you are now? You know, um, of course, it was usually in the evening. Uh, and um, the, it wasn't like, okay, it's nine o'clock now. We're all going to kneel and, you know, before the couch and have our prayer time or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably more so just as with the flow. And there's times when it just felt right to pray longer. Yeah. Um, my mom was the one who probably, and I would say if, if I was going to give advice to parents, that's important to have. She had a, a pulse always on my, uh, where I was at, what I was doing and I needed to talk. And if I, if I quit talking, she would get nervous. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's like, you know, if I'm 12, I, she let me do crazy stuff. Like I used to explore the steel mill, abandoned steel mill, and we're playing around in there <laughs> yep, and all kinds yep. of dangerous stuff. Yeah. And she didn't like it. I could tell it was like, uh, but at the time she didn't say no, because she knew I'd just get sneaky. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, well, as long as you're talking mm-hmm. uh, and I can hear what you're doing and she'd be like, you know, checking it out, mm-hmm. then she was fine. Now, if I got quiet and like, you know, what'd you say? No, nothing. And just walk on. She's like, no, no, wait, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what went on? And yeah, she started drilling questions. I'm like, yeah. why are you asking so many questions? You don't trust me or whatever. And she's like, well, you're not talking to me. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, okay. So there was, she had a pulse. And then so that how that translated into prayer meetings is a lot of times she sensed that I was concerned about a kid at high school in my freshman year. And I was praying for him. And she said, well, let's, let's really pray for him. And it would move into intercessory prayer sometimes. Mm. And so it would, it, there would be some real moments and it wasn't every night. It wasn't like, you know, long, but those things that, um, I would say the, the prayer meetings were something that she was sensing my pulse and then would direct a prayer and make it fit to where I'm at and what I needed to do. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I observed having known Mary Sleva oh, yes. growing up, and I think you and I've even talked about this. And I think this is something that maybe parents can pick up on, uh, I feel like that I've tried to pick up on it as best as I can, but I would watch your mom pray Mm -hmm. and she always looked like she was having a great time. Oh yeah. There was a smile (laughs) on her face. There was this joy that just emanated from her when she was talking with the Lord, there was joy. Yeah. Um, And I I feel like that translates Mm -hmm. now to, to brother Jim Sleva uh, and hopefully others around see that joy. and, And I'm sure that that impacted you. Uh, greatly as a as a young person, there's a great peace just when, in talking to the Lord, and so just that. Um, again, even when even in her worship at church, she played the xylophone often, but she didn't like was an aisle runner. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like real demonstrative, but she just had that little glow smile, yeah. just playing yep. away and just enjoying Jesus. And yeah. it was like you just couldn't, you just knew right the relationships. Well, and, there. and we we moms, you know, we're, we're always praying, like you said, praying for for our kids. So in, and in spite of popular belief, um, there were times in your youth when you started to look down paths that were not the will of God for your life. So maybe just tell us a little bit about one of those times and how your parents and other influences, you know, help direct your attention. So again, my parents aren't trying to make me become something. They're encouraging me to like, please learn the guitar because I'd like to learn to play it in church mm-hmm. or piano or something, whatever instrument mm-hmm. you want. We went through the piano, the trumpet, and finally ended up with the guitar. <laughs> and their intention was to play in church someday. In my little heathenistic mind of 14, 13, whatever it was, I'm thinking, well, rock and roll sounds better. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm thinking, I'll learn it, but I want to learn heathen music. And, and so there was um, uh, these little issues. Um, I would say with my mom... Um, she she was very, um, I don't want to say she was promiscuous. And in fact, she just let stuff go. It was like, I knew when something was, she didn't like something. 
but she wasn't a real like force, like, you know, you can't do that. No, you get man. And you know, this mm-hmm. and this and like a little, you know, helicopter just like, no, no, no. Uh, so for instance, um, I remember um, one time I wanted to do some really mod, uh, fancy hippie day stuff, you know. And, uh, <laughs> oh, she's, not you. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, uh, oh, well, she says, that's really goofy looking. And she said, I know it's just a stage you're going through. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel like buying it for you. If you want to buy it though and you want to wear it, that's it's you. It was modest, but at least it was crazy though. So there was this, I realized she gave me a level of tolerance so I could Mm -hmm. kind of work through some stages. And probably the specific thing was uh, my healing music kind of started getting influenced and I was, uh, I had some friends down the alley that we could play some drums and stuff together. A real wannabe band. It was never good, but it was a real wannabe. But it started getting me in the wrong area. And she often would say, uh, rather than say, no, you can't, it would be like, have you prayed about this? How's God mm. feel about this? Wow. And so it, it, it wasn't a battle between me and her. Like she says, you mm. can't, I will. And you know, you're not, well, I'll be sneaky. It wasn't like a battle between the two of us. It was like, she's saying like, how are you and God doing? She prompted yeah. you she's to think had, about it. Yeah, yeah. And she forced me to think through. And I was like, mm-hmm. so the battle wasn't between us. It was between God and me. Sure. Yeah. And so if I'm resisting God, then it's like, so I could good. figure that out. And that was a huge factor, how she kind of worked around those areas. Mm. Uh, there was good influences, Brother Rose, Brother Coogan, yeah. different people in my life that also kind of said, ah, you don't want to be that way. You want right. to be this way. I remember yeah. one time Brother Rose said to me, he says, you know, Jim, you're such a good kid and you can be a good influence, but one of the parents in the church does not want you hanging around their son because your hair is so long. You look like the Beatles. Wow. He says, could you get wow. your hair cut a little bit? Yeah. Wow. And so it yeah, wasn't like you had good. to. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so maybe I need a haircut then. Yeah. You know, if he felt it was bad. So, such such yeah, good wisdom and yeah. just helping you think through it. Yeah. Not necessarily just telling you what to do, but right. yeah. yeah. Right. Now, one of the things I found interesting was where you talked about your dad being good with wood mm-hmm. and, and he was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you were wood, you and wood didn't, didn't no uh, see eye to eye, <laughs> no, no patience for wood, but uh, uh, electrical work mm-hmm. was kind of where, where you thrived. Um, so how did your dad factor into this? Because I think at one point in time, if, if I'm not mistaken, you were even looking at maybe doing some electrical engineering and kind of going down that, that path and that route. And I think you've brought that into what you do and what you've done in ministry, but you know, how did that work out with your dad and, and the, you know, working with your hands together? You know, he was always saying, you know, get experience and work with things. And I had a certain area of my, in the basement that I was allowed to have my projects in and make Mm -hmm. a mess or whatever. (laughs) And I was making weird things. You know, I want to make furnaces that can melt steel and whatever else. I never got that far, but uh, (laughs) there was a, there was uh, just, you know, taking apart things and, and whatever. And so the hands-on learning experience, my mom used to buy me uh, some um, like Mechanics Illustrated and electronic, um, yeah, Electronics Illustrated. Yeah. And I was too young to even to read very well, mm-hmm. but I would love looking at pictures and it, she knew how to feed the right things because mm-hmm. wow. she wanted it to grow. So what happens is later on, I'm thinking, I, I didn't feel a call to preach, like mm-hmm. I'm going to stand behind a pulpit. I felt actually kind of threatened by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what do I do then? Uh, and so I'm thinking, and they were, they're not trying to force me to be anything. It's just be a Christian right. in principle of Christian life and help others. So um, the electrical engineering thing sounded like a, a way to, I could get my money and have my toys and still live for God. Sure. And, you know, yeah. uh, and so they encouraged a lot of those things and which later then happens that um, probably my introductory level to a lot of people I minister to mm-hmm. is if I can find out what their needs are mm-hmm. materially, mm-hmm. you got something sure. broke. Let me help you fix it. Yep. And then while we're fixing it, it's like if they if you build a bond, you can say, Well, let me tell you about Jesus too. 
So good. And so that was kind of like using giftings to be a help, which is my, what my dad was about, I think, quite yeah. a bit yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we'll help the people next door or whatever, and we'll do a little Bible study on the side. For sure. So all those lessons that you uh, picked up from from your mom and her just normalcy, and then from your dad, from his relational value with other people around, how does that then, I mean, you talked about what you're doing you know, and how you do it now, which is find that material need, focus on that material need first, and then find out a way, let's see, how can we, how can we start talking about the Lord? Um, but then take that, those lessons from your youth, and how does that look when you're now working uh, diligently with uh, some young people? Because that's really become so much of your, of your world is, is working with young people. You're working in a Bible college. Uh, you go on these great mission trips uh, in the summer with young people. How do you take those lessons and, and then re- reapply them to the, to the young people that was Jim Sleeva 50 years ago? Well, for starters, I don't think I have a, a, a little critiquing little list I go through like, sure. oh, this is trick A, trick B, trick, right. trick C, I do. Uh, but it is true that um, I think young people have a built-in appetite that they want to uh, discover and learn. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, and they want to touch, they want to feel. So if you want to learn how to drive a car, mm-hmm. sure, let's talk about how to drive a car or how yeah. to drive a stick, you know, was the best way to get the clutch <laughs> out without stalling the engine. And so in that sense, there's probably a lot of things that I would start with that level. And if they sense that uh, that I'm not judgmental uh, and saying, here's what you're doing wrong, 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 wrong. Yeah. But it's like, hey, let's grow. Here's how you can do it better, better, better. Yeah. Uh, it also leads you then to becoming a coach in their life to say, and spiritually, here's what we can do better, better, better. Mm. So I would say uh, I can't schedule when a crisis is going to come in their life. But if I built a relationship first that you know I'm going to try to help you become something in the natural world, yeah. uh, then when a crisis comes along, you'll come to me and ask me like, well, then, so how do we, um, how do we work ahead with the mm-hmm. spiritual things? And I can say, well, here's some scriptures that would you know, be helpful. Great. So, so Bible college, missions work, pastoring a church in Germany, youth ministry. Uh, then you, you come back to America where you join the team of Indiana Bible College and Calvary Tabernacle, more youth work, prison ministry, etc. Throughout all of this, your focus has always been on helping people move into a closer relationship with Jesus. What motivates you to give of yourself so deeply to help so many people find their purpose. That line, help people find their purpose. Mm. That's my purpose. Oh, to wow. Help them find their purpose. And so I'm most fulfilled, purring like a kitten. This is sweet. If I feel like I'm connected and I'm helping someone get to their purpose. Uh, the reward in that is just um, money doesn't get close to that. Sure. Big thrills, yeah. skydiving, whatever. That's nothing <laughs> in comparison to just saying, wow, this is God's agenda today. And sometimes it's like I have a little hit list of people. I really feel like this is the people that God wants me to reach out to this during this season. So every opportunity, go for it and see what doors God opens up to be able to connect with them and to help them get a little closer. Yeah. Surely you have some uh, examples of some folks who, you know, you've worked with and you can look back and say, man, look what God did there. Um, you know, give us... Uh, um, maybe a, a, a character sketch, so to speak. We don't have to use names. We don't have to go into specifics on who exactly. But tell us about somebody that, you know, maybe you, you started working with them and 
man, maybe they were in rough shape and maybe there was some, some struggles and some things that, that God was really um, working on with them. And then you became part of that. And as God worked in their life and as you walked alongside them, give us a, just kind of a real true to life experience where, where that happened. Okay, so I'm thinking of a young man. Uh, his mom made him come to church. I don't think he was too excited about the whole idea. Uh, he had a lot of stuff, some real anger issues, mm-hmm. uh, some things that did not go real well at his home. Uh, they were in the most spiritual situation. Um, and he was very angry. Like every day it's a fight. He got wow. basically with school, whatever, when he made it to high school. I would have voted him at 14 least likely to ever be saved. I mean, he'd been around church like he didn't know what truth was, but not interested, didn't really see a big move and whatever. And just the opposite. I remember one time we were having a uh, uh, IBC uh, tent revival kind of thing. I'd kind of say, hey, you and your buddy, why don't you come on to the tent revival, hoping to like warm them up a little bit, get them close. And uh, I'm kind of sponsoring this thing. We're trying to reach out to the neighborhood. (laughs) And so... um, we're, we're there and I'm not really paying attention. I'm trying to help with something. I look over and he's yelling at some other guy and this, this heathen kid is like, whoa, 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 whoa. And they're like, <laughs> and he's like, Bleh. and so he pulls off his shirt and they're like, come on, let's go, let's go. Oh, yes. I'm like, no, dude, we're trying to save people, not to come fight with them. Ha, <laughs> oh, you know, man. Wow. And so um, I would have voted like least likely, but mm-hmm. we stayed close. I didn't try not to overreact to things. Um, he knew I was there for him and when he wanted to talk, we were there, but it didn't seem like we we're getting very far spiritually. And so there's like, I would have said, it doesn't appear anything I'm doing is helping him become more like he needs to become for Jesus. Yeah. There's a day that one time he calls me up and says, dude, I had a dream last night. And he says, God's coming. I got to get right. I got to get right. Oh my I'm goodness. Like, Who's this? <laughs> yeah. like, you never said that before. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, no, I got to get right, man. And so the bridge is built. He totally could jump on. We could talk about real spiritual things. Um, the next day we went to church. He prayed through, got the Holy Ghost. Man. Never had it before. Just, Incredible. And just <clears throat> total change. Yeah. I can't make that happen. Yeah. It's not a trick right. you have, but right. you build relationships. Yeah. My dad thing. Yep. You build relationships. You put up with all the craziness. And I would have thought this is never going to happen. So did I do something? No. Mm. Prayer is what does everything. Yeah. yeah. You, prayer can create a moment. God can talk to them, whether it be in a dream or a situation or whatever. And so your most powerful, my mom's most powerful influence on me was her prayer life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, wow, <clears throat> that, that, that's awesome. So, so now here I am sitting and, and you know, Stacy and I are, are trying to just glean as much as we can in these few moments that we have together as we're sitting here listening to you talk. How can each of us, two people you're sitting here talking with and the people who are listening or watching today, how can we, take some of these things and apply those same principles. What does that, what does that look like to some, uh, you know, a salesperson or somebody who's working in a, a machine shop or somebody, you know, where can they apply these principles and what does that look like for them? Okay. As it's something I feel little strong about as a parent, you will have a God given sense available to you mm-hmm. more than anybody else will about your kids. You'll be able to, yeah, I feel like something's not going down good or whatever. If you pay attention to it, I appreciate the fact that my parents were never so concerned about like we got to get ahead, we got we got to get uh, we got to look better than Joneses, we got to do this, mm-hmm. we got to do that, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what the hippies were all mad about. It's like their parents all wanted them to become something real big and important and powerful and whatever, but they didn't care about their kids. Mm-hmm. It's all about well, we got to look yeah. good and we yeah. got to pretend like, and it's like, they're mm-hmm. like that's fake. 
Right. Yeah. They really love people. So for parents to actually have the pulse and they'll have a sense that I think God's given them, you combine that with prayer to know how to pray mm-hmm. for kids will reap the greatest rewards ever imaginable for your kids. And you'll, you'll sense when there's an issue, you may have to hold your breath through some things because they're not going to do what you want them to do. And you won't be able to say, I'm going to make you do this. Right. No. Yeah. You just have to say, look, we got to walk with God and figure out how to walk through this. And there's going to be God moments that will touch their heart and make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's more than anything we could do. Yeah. That's awesome. My goodness. Well, Brother Sleva, each person watching either is, you know, still struggling to find their purpose uh, or is looking for tips to help someone else find theirs. So what would you tell them today? Just in our final thoughts here, what would you tell them? You know... I think that in my life, my greatest moments to happen to me was not because I said, oh, this is a goal. This is what I'm purposing. This is what I'm choosing for. Mm-hmm. Not that you shouldn't have goals, but to say, God, I'm trusting you. Will you show me what to do? And it seemed like I, I use this phrase, I accidentally back into God's will. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, this is nice. Uh-huh. And so it's those times when I think you have to have, you have to be reaching out for God and have a hunger to say, God, what's, what's your desire for my life? What's your desire for the people I'm influencing right now? And, um, and he has a way of making situations happen at the same time he's giving you words to speak into someone's life. And when you can speak into someone's life when they're in a certain, and you're there with them through a crisis moment, mm-hmm. you're available, you have the time, that's what your focus is. It's not about like, I got to accomplish these goals, I had this money or I had this position. It's like, no, I want to be able to have this connection with someone to be able to speak to them when they're going through a tough time. That's what uh, um, I think unfolds the most beautiful, exciting adventures you can have uh, watching God work in people's lives. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think if we can all accidentally back into God's will half as much as you have, I think we'll, we'll all feel like right. we've been, yeah. been pretty successful. <laughs> yeah. So, and I know you're of course so, so humble, but uh, Brother Sleva, it's just uh, been such a joy uh, having grown up as, as a Slevite myself <laughs> and uh, enjoying so many, sure. so many wonderful uh, times with you. Uh, we're, we're wrapping up our time today. Would you mind leading us out in a moment of prayer? Sure, absolutely. All right. Jesus, uh, I know that there's so many people that really want to know you. And sometimes it seems like the the world has put a fog over everything and and try to hide the truths of who you are. I pray, Lord, that you give us a hunger in our heart that will climb over and surpass and push through all the fog. And with people who hunger and thirst after righteousness, you said they would be filled. You will be there. You will open the door if we're knocking. You are going to answer if we're asking. Mm-hmm. And so I pray, God, that you give us a, a passion to say, God, our number one goal, we've got to know you. Yeah, and we Lord. want the people around us to know you as well. And so, Lord, would you guide us, lead us? I thank you for that. Thank you for all the listeners that are listening today. Touch their heart right now and show us, Lord, how we can best get closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you, you so much you for me You helped me a lot as a mom today. I could yeah. get emotional just thinking about all the things we talked about. It was a blessing. Yeah. Thanks for being here today. So blessed to know you. Thank you for letting me be here. Well, and thank you for joining us today on This Is Family. We appreciate you stopping by to watch or listen. If you haven't visited Calvary in person, we invite you and your family to join us at our regularly scheduled service times. You can find all the information on our website, calvarytabindy.com, or check us out on your favorite social media platform at Calvary Tab Indy. And if you've enjoyed This Is Family, please share it with family and friends. Until next time, we say so long and we pray God's blessings on your family.